nobody like this You ain't seen nobody like this You hear my sound all over town singing Welcome to San Antonio Soccer Roundtable. My name is Harry. We've got a full table tonight here. Robert, how are you? Let's test you out. Last time we tried this, uh, you decided that you didn't want to do it. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I'm all good. I'm good. How's everyone doing? Good to be here. Doing well here. Uh, Rafa, how are you? Uh, you know, I saw some pictures. They may have been photoshopped. I'm not sure, but uh, sounds like you had a fun time at the coast. Yeah, I went, did some fishing with some buddies from Del Rio and had a good time. So glad to be back, and what a sweet, what a, what a way to end things this this the Saturday with a win. So, Royce, no pictures last week. You know, last time you had no issues here. So uh, sorry for the boring entrance, but how are you? Boring. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I do have a bone to pick with Royce here. Um, the Hall of Fame. No uh, way. The the was it the twenty twenty two Hall of Fame. Uh, first year ballots are any of them actually Hall of Famers? I don't think so. Neither do I. So, like, like you can have an argument that uh, this turned into a baseball podcast. Look, look at us go. You can, you can. There's an argument that um, um, Kelvin Rodriguez, um, he was really dominant there for a while, and he really was dominating the league. He was on the Angels. He was on the Brewers. Very good. I don't know what his numbers look like, so I couldn't tell you. Um, I don't think it's Hall of Fame though. The total good for um, a couple of years should not be Hall of Fame in my opinion. Beltron, Beltron was probably the most feared center fielder there for about ten years. So yeah, he has a case, but at the same time, his inclusion and kind of his blacklisting from the league, you got to wonder if uh, if that'll come into play. And I don't say that as like me, like oh we cheated or whatever. Which mm, like that's a dark spot, but at the same time, his career before that was good, so it's kind of a very bondsish. It's a his career bit before that. His career before that was Hall of Fame, but after you know, I still think he belongs in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, uh, but the baseball media sometimes didn't see eye to eye that way, and once you've done something bad, they kind of blacklist well, it you. It so. depends. We'll it depends on who you are and what team you play for. And what you did too, though, because Rose is still <laughs> depends what well, you Ro did. Rose signed, Rose signed for it, so mm -hmm. that's his that's his own issue. But to me, if if it's a red, because Red Sox and Yankees also cheated just like the Astros, but yet it's the Astros that that catch the most grief. So we'll, we'll, well it at that it was the most blatant. That's why. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, cheating is cheating. <laughs> What's up, Matt? Yep. Try to keep us out of What's trouble up, tonight, my friend. <laughs> and i hope you're hope you're feeling better gamers yeah hopefully you'll be out uh this saturday right the 30th against the uh, yeah. liam doyles and uh the uh the judges the fighting uh, liam doyles yeah. so but to kick off uh san antonio athenians uh season um 
was going to end anyways, but it ended in the semifinal rounds in the UWS National Championship uh, against the Chicago Mustangs, who ended up winning the uh, UWS title. Uh, so that's the second year in a row in the semis that uh, the Athenians lose to the champions. This one was kind of rough, uh, you know, for Aaron how, on how they lost. Uh, it was a 0-0 match, you know, tough. I'd probably give the advantage as far as play to to the Chicago Mustangs. That they, were, they were probably the slightly the better team um, controlling the action. Uh, in the 79th minute, uh, the Athenians gave up a PK in, in the box, um, and then the Mustangs did miss it. Um, however, in the 82nd minute, they got that goal back, and they ended up losing 1-0. Uh, great season, uh, San Antonio Athenians. Can't wait to uh, get out there next year. Um, hopefully, schedule works out a little bit more, where I'm able to give up, uh, get out there a little bit more, and be able to provide a, you know, a little bit more coverage. But um, represented well. Um, Rafa, your thoughts on once again losing to the uh, national champion? Yeah, I did get to see some of it on the live stream, and it was an even game. It was a physical game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, little things all got chippy and you know it's it's just you know just you know sometimes you have to have luck on your side and that day Chicago had it and able to get the get the one goal to take them to the to the final and then like I said they end up winning winning it all. So it's but you know hats off to all to all the ladies there at the Athenians, you know, to you know great season, regular season. Um and then to get to be in this position again like they were last year. Um, so they've built a really good foundation in these last two years as far as building the program. And, and now they have this at the bar high and hopefully next year, maybe the third time's a charm and they, they end up winning the, the, the national championship. So we're, we're looking forward for their season next year. Robert, I know you uh, kept up with the Athenians quite a bit this yeah. year. Your, your thoughts on their season overall? I mean, you have to be proud of them. I mean, that that's great exposure for the city, for themselves. I mean, they represented well. The big, big thing I took away is I understood that, too, they held one of the – that was the top-scoring uh, team mm-hmm. in that league. So they held them pretty tight, played a tough game. Like you said, nothing but good things for the future. I mean, that's uh, about marketing the team and then bringing in next year better players. So it's nothing but positive. Royce, any thoughts from you? I mean, two successful scenes in a row for sure for that team. Um, there's no other way to – I mean – yeah, championship didn't come out of it, but at the same rate, two very successful seasons in a row. Go after them again and, you know, just keep at it. It's it's exciting that, you know, that the, their success is exciting. Um, and I think they'll build a, build a bigger um, fan base because of it. Yeah. So moving on from there, um, unfortunately, last week we were going to record on Monday and Tuesday, but uh, work unfortunately kept me late. Um, to where I wasn't able, and then Rafa was out of town, and then you know we went or I went to El Paso over the weekend. So we unfortunately didn't get to cover the uh, Atlanta United match here. Uh, for or let me go well, before we jump into that. Uh, let me keep to our thing here. Uh, initial thoughts on the week. Uh, we'll start with you, Robert. Any initial thoughts that you have before we get into the Atlanta United and then the uh, El Paso match? I mean, the big thing is just keeping it rolling. I mean. The uh, they, they've uh, continued to show results. I'm excited about what's to, you know what's to come. Just uh, stay healthy and then continue the uh, the positive winning streak. You know, Rafa, any initial thoughts on, on the week? 
I mean, we're, 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 I think now we're, the pieces are starting to come together and we're, we're starting to get on a roll. And I think some of the teams out there are starting to fear us. I can even hear it from the commentators on the El Paso game. You know, there is like a sense of fear of our team. It's just how good. And I think the respect too. That's and, to me was respect. Yeah. More than yeah, that. But, yeah. sure. but there are some teams that they may be afraid of us because we're just that loaded as far as, and like I said, we haven't had the same lineup <laughs> back to back in games. Sure. That's, the, that's the scary part. And now that we're getting, like I said, we saw Manley back the la- this past game. Collier was back on the lineup. You know, the only one that's out is Lorera. You know, we're coming at this kind of similar like last year. We're getting healthy at the right time. And, but I think this year we're just a lot better than we a lot were deeper in deeper too than last year. And, and hopefully maybe I know we're still missing maybe one piece to maybe kind of solidify one area, which we'll discuss later, but <laughs> you know, come playoff time, I think, I think we're going to be battle tested and ready to go. And I think one thing Marcina has is this team is focused. They're, they're on a mission. Yeah. We want this, this trophy, but Hey, we want more. I think that's the thing. Stay hungry because the, you know, the goal is to win, win the USL championship. Royce, uh, your opening thoughts or initial thoughts on the week? Yeah, I mean, uh, a week doesn't get much better than that, does it? Um, <laughs> they're getting, uh, for me, the big thing is they're getting healthy. Uh, they're getting healthy at the right time. It's the beginning of the second half of the season. Also, they're playing better, which is crazy, um, at the beginning of the second half of the season. And We'll see if they can keep up the momentum. Um, you know, we've, we've all form is one of those funny things that is, um, can come and go. And right now it's look at the switchbacks it, with them. Yeah, that's correct. So that's, I mean, that's also another, that's another can of worms with depth and right, lack yeah, thereof. Um, but, um, but at the same time, I mean, you're not wrong. There are a, a few MVP candidates there on Colorado and, you wouldn't know it from their last couple games. So maybe we'll see. Uh, but at the same time, it's exciting. And I mean, like I've said before, it's such a privilege to cheer this team on. And it's crazy that this is a team that I support. It's nuts. It's nuts. And they're, they're awesome. And they're, they're good people too. That's the crazy part. So um, I'm happy. Uh, we're having a good time. We're having a great time. So let's go back a couple of weeks here, Atlanta. We won't dwell into it a lot here, but we'll go through the highlights. I'll just run through the stats real quick, and then we'll move on to uh, the the big match this week here, which I think had everybody's attention on here. Uh, of course, uh, the you know the videos courtesy of YouTube and USL Championship here. Um, these are the highlights from uh, SAFC and Atlanta United two. Um, this was on seven sixteen. First time ever, San Antonio FC and Atlanta United 2 will meet here on Valley Sports. Made mention of as they attack on the wings and they're aggressive. Go after San Antonio, but this is where they leak a lot on the back end as a Denerin finds PC, a little touch over Patino and SAFC on the Rafa doesn't think he was offsides, but I thought he was. Yeah, it's that's, that's so he, he wasn't offside on the initial pass, but when PC takes yeah, a touch in the middle, then he yeah. was offside. I think it's a correct call. Yeah, 
and watch it in. Don't, in don't just continue. Just continue. Don't, don't, continue. Don't, don't continue. Don't come back. Just, don't come back. All three of their defenders are in the top eight. And this is dirty. This is dirty. Which shows you just this how is dirty. good of a unit they've been all season. Hustle by Maloney. Yep. Hustle by Maloney. And oh, buddy. Oh, buddy. In the 13th yeah, when you when you make back clearances, we're gonna make you pay. That's a perfect example. There. And it's funny, um, you know, someone was saying that that um, part of SAFC strategy was to give you the ball immediately, but right in front of your box, so they can quickly take it back. <laughs> That's, that, is, that was a nasty goal there. Oh, chef's kiss, chef's kiss, Patino. That's what we're missing, like that outside. Like that's, so many uh, of our goals are in the box. That was I know. Like hey, a few in the whole I know. hey, Rafa. Hey, Rafa, there's your dream. <laughs> that's my first outside goal. That was the uh, – and I don't understand what the defender's doing here. Like, he's going away from the goal, and you're just going to shove him right in the middle of the back. It's smart on Coutinho to turn his back. But at the same time as a defender, where's he going? He's going nowhere, and you're just going to run into him. Yeah, it reminds me of like uh, in football when the pass interference is turn around and yep. jump into the, yep. <laughs> like to, like jump into him because he got you pretty much. <laughs> and, uh, oh, and that was ball game, guys. I know they continue to play, but that was ball game. No, that was... <laughs> I noticed is how it rattled. Look at the <laughs> and a Wall Street pull. Oh, for sure. The and, and it came out of the net. Like that is a fairly loose net. It normally doesn't shoot out like that. This is a sweet ass goal. The cool thing about Patino's brace, his mom was in the stands and it, it had been a oh, while nice. since his mom got to see him play. So that's just a nasty Especially goal right there. Oh, right off the goal. shoulder, too. I thought it went off his head, but it's his shoulder. Yeah, he kind of missed it, but at the same time, you know what? He didn't miss the goal, and that's all I'm <laughs> It was still sweet, I don't care. And then the second penalty, pretty obvious. Goalie did not go to play the ball and said he got all of PC. Pretty obvious penalty there. I don't know what everybody was complaining about. PC. Like, like we had sandwiched, yeah. Why, why do you have your hands up? Like, what are you calling? Buddy. Like I, I'm surprised that wasn't a straight red because he didn't make no effort to challenge the ball. If the defender doesn't get a touch, it's dog so. But the defender gets a touch first, which is fine. But at the same time, the goalkeeper runs into the player. Like, obvious penalty. So, pretty much what happened there, Dylan is looking the entire time in the right corner. That's where he wants it. The goalkeeper goes there, and Dylan tries to pull it the other way to score. He just skies it. It is what it is. Still. But at the same time, he needed that. Dylan needed that. And you can see it on his face, like, thank God. <laughs> that, that was a deserved goal, but oh, for sure. When it comes to PKs and Dylan, I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't have a whole lot of confidence. I, I see, I do, and that's that's the difference. I do, and the reason I do is his the kick was good. That not the one that goes over. His thought was good to go where he wanted to. He just and his thought to change directions when he saw the goalkeeper go the way he was going to go. You just got to work out, you got to keep it on the ground. That's it. Yeah, and he tried, to put, his, he tried to put his boot through it to give it some pace. Whenever you see a goalkeeper, and that's a that's something that Dylan needs to do is take his time. Whenever you see the goalkeeper, and Robert, you can speak to this. Whenever you see the goalkeeper commit to one direction. All you got to do is roll it in the other side, my guy. Just don't but overthink it. Don't overthink it. it. Like, I think he's in his own head, kind of like a, a relief pitcher in baseball. You're like literally overthinking it. Just yeah. do what's natural. 
Like, yeah. Make it a palenque on that one. I've done a palenque on that one because he had to keep her. <laughs> That's what I mean. That's all he had to do was keep her commits. Okay, let's it's go. It's more let's about, the other I, think, I think he needs to do more, more about, you know, placement and finesse. Exactly. You don't have to kill. You don't have to kill the. I don't. Virginia's his. He used yeah. power on that, but I think time to really be sure if you've had trouble, you know, with penalty kicks, you know, use the finesse and placement, and then you can kind of build up from there. With that, with later with more of the power. So, stats for this game, it's just as ugly as the score. We had twenty-five shots. They had six. We had fifteen on target. They had one. Um, Save six corners, two. Um, we did have 16 fouls, they had 11, but two yellow cards. We had five big chances, we missed three of them, so it could even been more 19 shots in the box, six outside. The, their goalkeeper had 10 saves, um, and gave up five goals. Um, I, I will say to continue on some stats, um, that we were talking about that I didn't want to conclude until the Atlanta game at least. That is now five matches we've played. Um, USL Championship East teams mm-hmm. we have given up a total of six shots on goal and one goal in six matches. Six matches being 540 minutes. And uh, pretty good. They pretty, didn't have, pretty, pretty good. They had that one kid named, uh, what's his name? I didn't really see him. Tra- Traeger? <laughs> I didn't even see him the whole game. They kept talking to him. Oh, I, was like, I, was like, I was like, is he even playing? I was like, I saw Conway one time. Yeah, and then Traeger, so, like he was non-existent. He was well. Tristan Traeger, yeah, the forward number twenty-one. Yeah, they, well, him and Jackson Conway had been lighting it up, right? But that's what I'm saying. They wasn't Conway out? They were gone. No, they're in. But to be fair, the guy that was pull, pulling the trigger for them, um, yeah. Mertz, we found out later after this match, got traded. Was traded to the Riverhounds. So, Riverhounds, right? Yeah, that that was that was the big thing. Was that yeah they had a guy. Their metronome in the middle um, that made everything happen. He was out, and you could tell. And Traeger had to come into the middle to try to fill that spot, and it it didn't work. Yeah, he didn't didn't work. But But it worked for us. It worked for us. I mean, but you could tell going into the match, it was a game men against boys. I I I will I will say this. This I think was a perfect welcome back from your two-week vacation match or right. one-week vacation, whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. because Atlanta United, for the first five to ten minutes, took it to SAFC. It right. was it was power. It was pace. And they, they kind of surprised me with their pace and their intention. And Atlanta United really was swarming for the first five or ten. And then SAFC remembered who they were, and they got their legs under them, and it was pretty much church from there. So, yeah, yeah there's – there, there was two things that were obvious. Like what you'd see is that uh, it seemed like they were coached to say like, hey, when they bump you, you fall. Because those guys were falling. <laughs> like they got hit in the back, they would fall every single time. And at first I was like trying to equate it to like maybe they're half the size of most of our players. But no, it seemed like that was what they were coached to do, like just to gain the advantage. Um, and then there was almost, and they were almost late to every challenge. And it included maybe two additional penalty kicks that they didn't even call. It's like the ref reaches limit. He's like, yeah. <laughs> there was one on Dylan yeah. and Bologna. <laughs> Bologna got destroyed oh Bologna <laughs> got, like, that was disgusting. But, like, but the rest like uh how many more penalties could i call these kids yep. are later in every tackle <laughs> yep yep and then dylan got fouled in the box that was just as obvious and it, i guess the yeah. ref was just like i guess he mercy ruled if there's such yeah. thing as a mercy rule. which surprised me every tackle. <laughs> right which surprised me why he still gave four minutes of stoppage time at the end of the match you think 
the 90, he'd just been like, all right, enough's enough. We're done here. Yeah, let's all go home. <laughs> the, the one key out of this game, I mean, if we notice is we never allowed them to play the ball from the back to their midfield mm-hmm. and, and set up their offense. You know, in the beginning, we, we did allow that. But we, and then when after that, we shut it down and they just could not muster anything, you know, and they looked lost and they, and they were intimidated right after that when they got shut down when they knew they couldn't, they couldn't do anything else. So, you know, that's just kudos on how we've been playing the last few weeks. You know, it's not allowing them from playing from the back. And to me, the other talking point of this game, um, uh, on social media was Tanner coming out in the 72nd minute and Maloney coming out in the 81st minute because they had both been perfect on um, minutes. Um, Tanner, I think it was more to protect the yellow because he was setting on a yellow, uh, one yellow away from having to sit a match. And last thing you need him is to pick up a, a silly yellow and then he's setting the El Paso match. Also, it let Carter Manley get a couple, you know, right. get a couple 20 minutes to make sure that he was good to go and everything was all right, which yeah. he looked, he looked fine. He looked like Carter Manley out there, which is a compliment. And, and Maloney, you know, like I said here, yeah, you know, I saw I Tanner wasn't happy. Minutes, to yeah. <laughs> he but was Maloney, like, the limb, yeah, the limb came in that. for, uh, Maloney also same thing as well. Yeah. Given, giving him a, a couple, a couple of minutes to start. Sure. So, while yes, we don't have any more Ironmen for this season. No player has played every single minute for this season. I think that's a smart thing for Marcina. You're halfway through with the season. We're up, and we can afford to take out two or three of our most important starters. Um, one. That's that's just a bonus. That's amazing to that's be able smart. to do that. And two, it's going to pay dividends toward the end of the season. Yeah. So for sure. Well, I know for Tainer, he didn't want to come out. I, I know that in Maloney the Boy. same way here where, you know, as, as a player, you don't want to come out. And could he have played the game? Sure. Uh, it wasn't along those lines here. But I do think it was the right right call, um, f- you know, for that here. I do th- did also thought that Patino coming out still on the 45 minutes um, in, instead of giving him the opportunity to, to try for, you know, for the hat trick. And, and same with Sam and Dennerin came out in the sec- uh uh, the 62nd minute here, but uh, well, I, 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 I will say real quick, think about it this way. Um, uh, and I mean, good Lord, it happened again in El Paso. We'll get to that in a little bit, but if Patino stays in, he's in the place of Bailone and he gets taken out in the box with mm-hmm. that kick. And we know Patino's injury history. Correct. We are questioning why Patino was still in that match. So. No, it is to me though. But usually, if you got somebody, you know, with a brace, you give them five, ten minutes in the second half to try to see if they can get, you know, get the hat trick. But um, I think Marcin is smart. You know, he's managing the minutes, he's managing the cards. Which yeah. uh, after we discuss this match, next match here, uh, PC is is on Patino's card like watch on now. Count, he's on a pitch count though. Patino, you can totally tell he has him like at certain minutes. He's going to play X amount of minutes, and boom, he does it every game. And it makes sense to keep him healthy long term. Right. But, the the, the, ahead, biggest, the biggest thing is that this past injury and mostly last year's injury, those are stress-related injuries, and you have to manage that. And that, that's the medical team talking with Marcina to limit it. And it's smart. You get the most out of your asset. The player is happy. The player gets to play and gets to be successful. That's all you can ask for. That's, that's how a team is supposed to work. 
Moving on to El Paso. Uh, let's do the highlights here. We need to rewind it here. Lone Star bragging rights on the line tonight. San Antonio FC, Locomotive FC, underway for El Paso, Texas. On, uh, UConn Husky family through and through. Mitch Tainer, yeah, man of the match for me. <laughs> oh, bounced. And I have a different one. Man, yeah, man of the match was the crossbar. <laughs> the crossbar, yeah, for, that's a starter. Like, but no doubt. Maloney, it should have been, Maloney, it should was, have been Maloney impressed me so much in this game. He was everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. Maloney, left wing, forward. Oh, absolutely. I completely agree. He was everywhere in that game. That one time when he stopped like three crosses in a row. <laughs> I was like, holy smokes. Wicked <laughs> yeah. shot from my boo there. Just Maybe off target. Well, the last few games, he, won goal. he wants a goal. <laughs> Abu's been going for it. Another great save by by Jordan. Oh, for sure. First, great work here, and that play on says the referee. A little pass there. Yep. On the other side, that's Bloody. off the crossbar again. Bloody, that should have gone in. Great counterattack by San Antonio. He is so dangerous. Another quality chance, but put off the crossbar. He's so dangerous. Like, whenever he gets the ball, it's like I, I get excited. I'm like, <laughs> I just wait for some cool in for the goal. I'm continuing the nutmeg there on the keeper. Doing what he does. A raton. <laughs> just poaching goals one way or the other. And I love Tainer after this. I love Tainer after this. If they should, I think it's in the high. Yeah, no, he runs. Yeah, he runs to the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> They're booed him. That he got a. Oh. Is either him or Garcia got the chant afterwards oh. on another one. Oh, they hated Tainer. Yeah, no. As soon as he like he uh, showed some. Oh, they don't show it. I, I might pull it up, but during the, he's all like this, pointing to his badge as he's going no, he across did. all the fans. I saw that. I saw that they were booing him as, as I heard the booze go when he did that. It cascaded. <laughs> And then about 20 minutes later, what a save. And then 20, 20 minutes right there. Oh, absolutely. With the, with the right hand coming across. Yeah, and then about 20 minutes later, um, one of the El Paso players decided to take out Taintor on a basic cross. What a miss. Unbelievable miss. The one I was talking about, Harry, like not the, that was their quality chance. That guy just like mm -hmm. whiffed it. Um, you little diving bastard right here. Mm -hmm. No way! I don't believe. Watch, it. watch him, watch him. Yeah, he just falls down. Yeah, he oh tries to God. like he tries to like uh, put like a pick or a you know. <laughs> I think that should be a yellow card. I know he didn't get up and do any theatrics, but if he would have got called. No, he, he wasn't diving. He was just trying to like block uh, Favre's vision. And uh, I think he was just trying to get out of the way. Yeah, get out of the way of the ball. Kind of like a, like a screen, I guess you could say, like trying to get in the way and then moved. So he wasn't trying to play for a foul. He was trying to play to make their um their free kick successful. He's a knucklehead. So, according to according to Reddit, R slash a USL Pro, the villain of the league. So there's that. So the stats. Uh, the possession wise uh, was all El Paso 67%, 33 to uh, uh, SAFC. However, we still out I read an article that said something different. Yeah. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> however, just like I said, 
I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's an article later. We'll discuss it later. I support the article. We'll discuss it later. Any coverage is good. Uh, we'll just yeah, there you go, there you go. Uh, total shots, San Antonio 13-12. They only had one on target. We had five. Uh, they had nine corners. We had four. Um, we had 20 fouls. They had 15. It was a chippy match, but three yellow cards. Uh, they had one big chance. They missed it. We hit the woodwork three times. Um, and then, you know, just the 23 clearances, 15 interceptions, 15 tackles to nine for them, six interceptions and 14. To me, it was the typical El Paso-San Antonio match. It, it's it's San, El Paso controls the ball. San Antonio still has equal or equal or above the the same amount of shots and and really it comes down to which teams which team can finish and and that's how these matches are played one, one thing about this game when this game if you notice every time they played the ball wide they El Paso just couldn't pass it right or it to go out of bounds or we defended it well I, I know Tanner was really there's one play that I think Maloney kind of got beat from his space and they sent the ball out to to the cheetah and but Tanner was able to kind of steal that ball away from them. And they, and like I said, they just that's their bread and butter as far as their offense playing out wide. We just took that away from them. And just kudos to our, our three guys in the back just cleaning up and sweeping everything out and not allowing Mexico space to play those wins. And we'll get to the mess in El Paso in a little bit, but talking, I talked to Christian after the match and, and uh, text uh, Phil from Seriously Loco. They were upset about the substitution patterns, um, especially when it came to Francois, because I thought he was he was he was he was the person that was going to cr help create that goal. He may not have scored it, but his speed going down there and then be able to cross it in when, when he came out, you know, I, I don't think they had the same, you know, same attacking style. But um, I know El Paso's got a. A lot more issues, we'll just say, with losing two quality players in Richie Ryan and, and Sebastian Velasquez uh, that both left last week uh, for probably very similar reasons. Uh, you know, uh, pay-wise, I know one was a little bit more friendlier than the other. Mm, I'm going to disagree with you on that one. Uh, I think uh, I think the Richie situation is very much a baffling and unnecessary one. I think Sebastian Velasquez has been looking to go back to Europe. Remember yeah. before the huge rocket. Stuff, although, yeah. No, it wasn't, it wasn't COVID. It was, oh, it was the rocket. It right, was the rocket. bombings between the Palestinians yeah. and the Israelis. Yeah. And mm -hmm. literally Sebastian Velasquez is uh, yeah, uh, yeah, a residence being between rockets being launched. I could see that as being scary. I remember going on Twitter and you know trying to reach out to the um, U.S. ambassador to Israel to be like, "Hey, you have a U.S. citizen that is not comfortable. Can you help him get out of there?" And he went to the wrong team, but whatever, it's fine. Um, but to me, I, I, the reason but, why I say that is because go back to Europe. So I do think El Paso, especially if you're an older player, they're not offering the same contracts. And, and that's that's with Richie Ryan. They offered him, a, you know, according to Seriously Loco um, and others, they offered him a 30% pay cut. And he, he basically said no. And then, uh, I'm you know, all of a sudden he's not practicing with the team, anything along those lines. It gets reported to the USL Players Association because they're supposed to have, um, if they're under contract, whether they're playing or not, supposed to still have uh, coaching. So there's that issue. 
where Seba, he has a house in, in El Paso. Um, but to me, you know, I do know that they typically make more money overseas. And Correct. that's why I said you, he could probably see the writing on the wall. And, you know, especially for next year's contract to go ahead and make the move now and, and try to get that. That's why it means somewhere there, but it's two completely paths. You're, you're with, you know, you're correct. With Ryan, though, like, like to me, is it 30% on next year's contract or this year? Because the timing, why do it in the middle of the year? Unless he, like he, did he go up and say, hey, are you going to sign me or not? And then they presented that 30% because it didn't, the timing didn't make sense. Like in the middle so of the bizarre. year, it's weird. Like, but like, they, unless it's they, this they, year. They're negotiating their contracts now. Maybe we need should reach out to Cody, you know, and, this and is, kind of have that discussion. Go ahead. This is a, this is a huge thing that I mean, I mostly follow baseball and hockey to be honest, but it's a big thing between baseball and hockey is you negotiate your deals before the season. Once you're in season, you don't say crap. You figure it out after the season, and this is why is because the negotiations, the arbitration, arbitration brings up so much bad blood because right. it's basically the team saying this is you a crap they couldn't do exactly, and these are the reasons why we want to pay him less. Which it's a business; that's what's going to happen. Um, and this is why you don't negotiate in the middle of the season. This is it why you arbitrate. But I also think it's it's unique for Ryan because if he's out of contract, we know that he has ties with uh, Mark Lowry in, in in Indianapolis. If he knows his future isn't there, if he wants to try to make that jump over to 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 try to move. Through there, you know, through the hair, but yeah, that, yeah. that it's a it's a valid question. Maybe something that that we you know we should ask Cody, uh, yeah. Cody on kind of in season negotiations because you're right, it probably never works out well uh, because unless you meet the demands, it's going to leave a sour taste in the players, right? It, 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 like he like forced the issue mid season. Like why not? Even though in a front office, they're like, let's table it. We can talk about it like you know before the next season starts. But like why do it right now? Or like that, the, that's what I'm season. saying. Was it the player that forced the negotiation, or was it the team that wanted to talk? That's that. that it's, it's weird. I, I, who who knows? For him to be shut out of practice, that kind of tells me it was team motivated. That's mm. that's some bizarre stuff there. That's some really bizarre stuff. For I mean, for the team to take, uh, it's turned into an El Paso locomotive podcast. Look at us. Um, <laughs> well, it was big news though. It was big news for USL practice. It's it's fishy. We'll find out. This is the fog of war. You don't know. Facts will come out later. We can talk to Cody. I'm sure he knows a bit more. Or we'll talk to somebody that's also bearded who may have some information that wants to talk to us off the record. And we'll figure out something that's going on. There you go. But to me, substitutions. Uh, Abdul Salam came out. 45th minute. Uh, Gomez went in. It seems like Salam's on the uh, minute count uh, coming back. PC and Patino subbed out in the 62nd minute for Baloney and Jody DeLem. Uh, unfortunately, Baloney in the 69th minute uh, got subbed out uh, before Nikki that here. Uh, and Nikki Hernandez came on, and that was that was the subs here. So outside of the injury to Baloney, uh, which hopefully speedy recovery and uh, Manly took some knocks as well. Let's finish the match because he had he had a, a couple of rough knocks. Yeah, he, he got a couple shots to the head that I was surprised that he was up and he didn't he, honestly he never even looked like he got his bell wrong. He was just like, ow, 
okay, let's play. The second one was more like in the stadium. It was more his his his, his tailbone area because he came oh, down hard yeah. hard on it. But that was the second one after falling. So I know right. they were like double checking. Hey, are you yeah, still yeah. good? Right. But that one was Which, more more of the tailbone. The one from the quarter kick. Yeah, where Lucho pushed uh, Garcia into him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that was. Lucha, what are you doing, man? But no, that was definitely one. And it, and concussions are one of those things. Uh, I'd say the dreaded C word, but concussions are one of those things where it doesn't just necessarily hit you. Boom, you get a big hit, and oh, you got a concussion. Sometimes it could be little knocks, a, a little, little knocks, making that up, landing on your toe bone. You're gonna, you know, your head's gonna jolt one way. Mm-hmm. So all of those little things can add up. So hopefully he's feeling all right. Um, obviously, we're not going to know until Saturday. Um, but, man. It's good to see him out there. Hopefully he's doing yeah. all right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was definitely on the seat. But it's also one of those things that hits you in the morning, like the morning after. Yeah. yeah. Mm, so It wouldn't shock me against yeah. Vegas, which is a Wednesday match. Right. Um, if if maybe maybe he's rested, you know, assuming that, uh, you know, because on the injury report that came out, uh, Jassir, uh, Camaria was out due to an illness. Um, hopefully, you know, it's something just minor and, and he's back, uh, you know, for, you know, for the Vegas match on Wednesday, but uh, thoughts on San Antonio's win, which ends up making us the Copa Tejas uh, USL champions. Um, there was no public mm. trophy presentation. And we kind of that. Champions, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's like, <laughs> They didn't let us celebrate. Well, it's like we saw that. <laughs> yeah, in Austin, I saw. We saw that with Austin and FC yeah. Dallas and, and how through there. I do know that uh, Mike Check and Jenny Check were able to go into the locker room, awesome. uh, present it. You know, you know, it's from the Crocketeers. So there was, you know, some fan intervention along those lines here. Um, in talking with Danielle and um, Steve, um, they're working with SAFC to have some sort of presentation. Um, whether it's this game or um, the next game, because this game's the Spurs night, so I don't right. know if they'll right. Yeah, from try, what we try to try to override the Spurs night. Let's let's be fair here. Yeah, from what, from yeah, what we've heard from sources, the schedule is already busy, and so it's probably going to be, which makes sense. I would also not want the um, trophy from the Copa de Has trophy presentation to be done in front of Los Dos right. from LA. What do they care? Let's do it in front of the hated rivals RGV to show them, hey, fuck it. <laughs> so I do I do have a question for you guys though. And I tweeted that this morning here kind you know kind of reflecting on the weekend. Team wise at see at the club level it seems like El Paso San Antonio is a much bigger rival than it is between the fan bases, you know, for that here yeah. compared to San Antonio RGV. Is it mainly just be, and, and, and to be fair, Aaron tweeted this out, you know, that, you know, San Antonio has won four in a row or has, is, is, uh, hasn't lost in, in four games, either, you know, ties or wins against El Paso four in a row to, to pull ahead of the head to head series where the RGV head to head starting to, you know, really for the last two, three years, really heavy lean towards um, San Antonio. And, and while the matches are fun and chippy, 
I know fan base wise, it seems like our we're more rivals with uh, RGV. But do you think really the long term rival is really with El Paso? I think that originally it's because of logistics. I think because RGV is closer to us. But like I said, last year remember the last few years we had Austin Bold. So you could also put a claim like Austin Bold was really kind of our mm-hmm. primary rival before the RGV because this is up thirty five. And they'll pass those out in the boonies and stuff. So, uh, so, but like I said, it, it is starting to come a lot. But I still think RGV is our, our main rival. Main rival. I, I think on the field it's El Paso though, because the quality they put out for year in year out, it's something we kind of, in my mind, I was somewhat jealous because like they were a new team in this league and they made the semis in the play, you know, in back-to-back years. And like, what are we doing? We're, we're always like the one team out of the playoffs, like the last slot. So to me is on the field is like uh, absolutely off the field. Not so much. I mean, there's some friendly banter. I feel it's cool, but it's not as uh, uh, heavy. Like I guess off the field is what I'm trying to say. Lest we forget the first season we are leading to nothing in RGV comes no 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 they're leading to nothing we come back with two goals to tie it everyone's excited in the stadium air comes out of the sales rgv scores i remember those moments of Mm -hmm. just hatred and yeah not being happy and that being knocked us out of the playoffs our first year too when we went down to rgv and got our ass kicked and kept us out of the playoffs in 2016 and that's I remember those three years as just being disgusting. And now we've pretty much owned the last three or four years against RGV. It's been fine, but I will not forget those. And every time we can hammer them further into the ground, I'm happy. I I think Robert's right at the club level though. El Paso. See El Paso. I think it's, I think there's two factors. Why El, Fa- El Paso, El Faso, what, what are we doing here? El Paso might be considered a rival. And those two factors are Lucho Solignac and Yuma. Those mm. are your two factors. Without those two, El Paso's, eh? I think, I think El Paso's more a rivalry to New Mexico than really us. I, yeah, right. I agree. I, th- th- that I agree with 100%. That's their main rival, but. I don't think, at least for San Antonio and, and, and like I said here, I, I've been poking poking the bear, you know, at, at Seriously Loco and, and probably after a couple of weeks after things have calmed down a little bit over there. Bear game as let's chill out, bud. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Matt yeah. needs to you know take a chill pill here a little bit here. Uh, that that Twitter timeout was just a warning sign. Come on, buddy. The the, uh, the thing I noticed too is like RGV's front office, like the last year or two, doesn't seem to be taking the idea of putting out a quality team as serious. Like they're like to me, it's almost like it's been head scratching. They've, they've kind of like, yeah. like like giving them. It almost I don't want to say they're giving up, but it feels like they're just eh, we'll take any players at the last second. We'll fill a roster, and then who cares who shows up? It's who the roster consistency it's that like, I think with them that it's on, on on the club level. It's hard to hard to do it. And Matt, shit, shit talk isn't shit talk when you kind of cross some lines, dude. It, yeah, yeah. Did you, know, you see maybe this rivalry? Like I said, like us. Us and RGV is like Texas and Tick versus Texas A&M. And then the New Mexico is like, I mean, New Mexico, El Paso, like Texas versus Texas, Texas Tech. As far as that kind of, kind of that scenario. Because no, like I said, it's just proximity, you know, for us being close to the Valley, it makes us, 
it, it makes it more of a rivalry than the distance that we have us in El Paso. Even though Robert's right about the you know, but the club you know being a little better, more quality. But I think the I think we just have more history, like when you mentioned, Royce. Those bitter defeats. I think that's some, I think that's what plays in that. That's a more of a rivalry game because we really haven't had maybe had maybe one little bitter defeat with El Paso, but not, we don't have that history yet with it. I think it's more Texas versus. Uh oh, Robert. Um, I think it's tech. I think I think you're on a, a little bit of a thing there with uh, AM being RGV, UT being. Uh, why was I going to say UTSA? Uh, UT being SAFC, but I think El Paso would more be Oklahoma. Like that, the history is kind of there. It's kind of getting built up. That's put it up in your yeah. main rival, but it's there and it's been competitive both ways. With Texas Tech versus UT. There's been a lot of one side in this there um, until the recent maybe 10 years. And let's not forget uh, when we went to, was it 2019 when we went to the four team bracket, we didn't play El Paso that year. And right. um, I think we played on, we played on, or were we in the same we lost them at their place? Uh, so I do think having that year and maybe it might've even been two years where we weren't directly influenced with them. Right. That, it was, I think, yeah, it was 2020 when we just had the four, and it was a bold. It was RGV, and was it was it Tulsa? No, Oklahoma. The energy. Oh yeah, they were around, weren't they? Oh, there was a five, was Tulsa, five also, yeah, Tulsa was also in there, right? No, Tulsa was not. Okay, well, fair. Oh, that's right, that's right, because they were good. They were a good, and they were a good on their own side, and they were playing St. Louis because it was St. Louis's last, right? So yeah, and they were playing uh, SKC and. Yeah. Birmingham, but yeah, it was those four, and yeah, that's right. It was bold, it was RGV, it was um energy, and it was us. That's right. And we dominated that. And that's right. Yeah, that was 2020. That was the COVID year when they had to completely change schedules and all that. When they brought back the league, like in July or whatever, they started playing. So yeah, so 2020 yeah. was El Paso, New Mexico, Colorado, Real Monarchs. Actually, I stand corrected. We were San Antonio, Tulsa, Austin, RGV, and the Energy. So we had both that's Tulsa right. and yeah, that's right. Know, we were a group of five, not the group of four. That's right. And Tulsa was the number two team on that, and we were the number one seed. Right. Yeah. And then 2021, I want to also say it was a little bit uh, brief as well. There were, no, there were groups of eight. Yeah. So we were, yeah, we were all together, but it was, it was a group of eight and we played everyone like three times. Yeah. It was one where like they played them like over and over and over. So, but looking at the standings here, just kind of quick recap on the East, uh, Louisville city, uh, first place at 43 points, 20 games played Rowdy's right on their tail. Uh, also five games, uh, winning, uh, unbeaten streak, uh, at 42, Memphis is starting to slow down at 39. Uh, Pittsburgh's warming back up at 37. Uh, Detroit City at 35. Birmingham suffered, uh, to me, kind of a, a rough loss to uh, Tulsa, sitting sixth at 32. Miami FC's at 31 and seventh. And then there's a gap of six points to Tulsa, you know, um, nine points to Indy. And then rounding out, you got Hartford, Atlanta United 2, Loudoun, Charleston, and the Red Bulls, who lost to Monterey Bay 2-0. Uh, Sam Gleadle got the uh, got a goal here uh, for here out west. Uh, and a, go ahead. Assist by JJ Jason Johnson. Yes, and it, it was it was nice. It was it was good, and that was with them down a man as well. By the way, uh, 
San Antonio FC, uh, 15, one and three, uh, 19 games played, uh, plus uh, 20 goal difference, uh, 40, 46 points. Uh, the team that I think uh, is is probably the second best team, and we haven't faced them yet, San Diego Loyal at 40 points. Uh, they played two more matches than us, and we're still up six points. Uh, the switchbacks have kind of stumbled here recently at 40 points as well, dropped a third. Uh, New Mexico United at, with 20 matches played at 35. Um, El Paso, 23 matches played at, at 33. Uh, the Lights, who we play on Wednesday, 20 matches played at 31 points. Um, and L I did double check LAFC is not playing, so we'll probably get a fairly decent uh, L uh, Las Vegas team on Wednesday. Sacramento, who's in Open Cup tomorrow night against... Um, uh, Isn't it Wednesday, though? It's a Wednesday, the 27th. Or Wednesday, yeah, Wednesday the 27th. Yeah. Uh, I want to say Sporting Kansas City. They play Sporting. Yeah, yeah Sporting mm -hmm. Kansas City, Open Cup action. Uh, probably going on the same time that uh, SAFC matches. So, you know, if you have Apple TV, uh, dual screens, or if you got multiple TVs, one on each one, because uh, that'll be interesting to see how Sacramento does. Eighth place, uh, LA Galaxy, also with 30. Ninth is Oakland Roots at 23 matches played, uh, 28 points. Um, RGV's in 10th at 24. Um, Phoenix Rising's in 11th with 24 points. Orange County, the defending champions, uh, 22 points. And Monterey Bay at 20 points uh, for that here. So <laughs> thoughts on the table, um, anything that sticks out to you? Um, so right now, playoffs would be Sacramento at San Diego, SAFC with the bye, Sacramento at the switchbacks, um, or, you know, seven versus two, six versus three, and then Five. New Mexico and El Paso would be playing with El pa uh, with New Mexico hosting uh, currently as we speak in the West, uh, and then San Antonio would get the lowest seed available that advances in the round two but uh thoughts on san antonio outside of sacramento has two games or one to two games on on average uh, against most teams uh against oakland and El, El paso they got four matches on them so thoughts on 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 the the standings it's like a broken record. Like we're in good position, continue to stay in good position, stay healthy, get hot at the end. I mean, it's a simple formula. The, the only thing I do want to comment on is like uh, in relation to the East talking about the rankings from uh, what is it? Nicholas Murray. Nicholas Murray. Power ranking. Please <laughs> it upset me. Like they said, Oh, they have a 10 game one beaten streak where they tiled that, that team tied Charleston and Tulsa. It's like, come on, do not sell me that bill of goods. I'm not, I'm not listening. <laughs> I was like, like, like Royce mentioned earlier, six shots on goal from the east, one goal. I mean, come on, <laughs> like, uh, five let's get real good. 540 uh, minutes. And let me ask, he's from Tampa, anyways. Yeah, okay, I'm done. <laughs> My rant's over. So, to me, the, the crazy part about San Antonio's record is 11 matches have been played on the road, they're 9 0 2. Um, they've only played eight matches at home, which is the lowest, you know, lowest in the league. So then after they finish, so they're going to be have 12 matches played. Um, that would be what, 30, 20 matches in. Um, so the second half of the season really is going to be played here. 
Um, so form, you know, health. San Antonio's in the driver's seat on how they've set up the season to be able to host every single game, including the USL Championship playoffs, which would be a first, if memory serves me correct, in the modern USL because Louisville and Tampa seem to, I believe, are the only ones that have hosted the, you know, in the modern, um, or, you know, mod, at least mod, recent modern history of of a USL Championship title game since they've gone to this format. Uh, any other questions on USL overall? I know we kind of talked a little bit about uh, El Paso. Um, anything stand out news wise uh, from anybody? What's going What's going on in Phoenix with that team over the Bandidos? Oh man, that's rough. That was well. They need. They need. That's how USL memes got a hold of it, and they said, yeah, hey, we're, rough yeah, it's a rough we're trying to contact you about your car's extended warranty." Yeah. With Carbono. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, one, one thing that's happening in the league that I think is a positive, I was going to make it my moment or whatever, um, final thought, but just it's a thing in the league that I thought it was neat. Um, Monterey Bay FC transfers Robbie Crawford to Charleston Battery for an undisclosed fee. It's a move that affords Crawford, who is expecting his first child, the opportunity to return to his family in the Charleston area. Very cool. That is very cool. It reminds me of um, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals uh, a number of years back had a young um, rookie, second year maybe, outfielder by the name of Stephen Piscotti. And his mother had ALS, and she was a very limited amount of time. She lived in the Bay Area. She lived in Oakland. So the Cardinals basically traded him for cash considerations, basically peanuts. Cash considerations means down the road we'll think about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Think about we'll it. Scratch, we'll scratch you a check later. <laughs> well, it's not even a check. It's it's just just think about it. We're trying to do especially it. if you're trading him to the ace. <laughs> yeah, do the right thing. Yeah. Exactly. But they did right by their player. They they let Piscotti go and he's still playing for the A's. Um but to go, you know, be with his mom for her last. And no, for sure. So it reminds you of that. Uh, good feeling. Good on you, uh, Monterey Bay. Good on you, uh, Charleston. Obviously, I mean, it's kind of a kind of obvious to do when you're in Charleston shoes. But at the same time, good on you, Tam- uh, uh, Monterey Bay, for, uh, for, for that move. That's awesome. And you love to see that. And you would hope that the league, more teams, uh, if that, situation occurred more teams would would abide and and do the right thing for the player yeah. no for sure pull that trigger on the move so rafa you did mention that there was one position that san antonio fc needed to correct and we kind of uh just you know me driving back on i-10 just flew by it uh <laughs> what was that position that's goalkeeping we need a backup goalkeeper uh i think nothing on jude he's a great player but he's not if God forbid, let make sure we light our candles and do our rosaries. Nothing yeah. happens to Jordan, but just to be on the safe side, you know, we do need to have an experienced keeper. Hey, that's look what happened last year. And we're lucky to have Jordan finish on that ride, on that playoff ride when the beer went down. But we do need, I think we do need to sign a, an experienced keeper, you know, just, just for the long haul, just because you never know. And, you know, and, and then just in that situation, at least we have somebody that can we can plug in. And like I said, we have a great defense. 
you just plug in a keeper to just make some great you know saves when they need to and we'll be fine but i think that's something that does need to be addressed i think they need to need a sign before the before the cutoff um i think i don't i think you the couple was in september do you think they have Jude there and then like they have a Cardoni on speed dial just in case? <laughs> like, hey, just in case we need you <laughs> in the playoffs, if something were to happen. I'm busy with the law school. <laughs> just one more time. Come back. <laughs> maybe maybe they have a, a Mercado on speed dial, but. Uh, Mercado. Isn't he, where's he training? He was training with SAFC earlier in the year. Yeah. I saw yeah. Him. Maybe they have a Dane St. Clair on speed dial. He has <laughs> <laughs> Congrats you know, to him on making the All Star team. And the national team. For sure. That's awesome. For sure. Yeah. And he's probably going to be at the World Cup, too. Unbelievable. And that's talking about a starter. Wow. They're talking about possibly him starting because they have that uh, older guy that I saw him play. <laughs> that, uh, they're they're going to infuse some youth. The rumor yeah, is he might even start. Mr. Capri's with the uh, fist pumps and everything. <laughs> yeah. If I've ever seen a Canadian dude play soccer, it's that yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah, he's yeah, like he, a, he looks now. like like a super super uh, uh, old <laughs> vintage classic. And here's why the Banditos did what they did. Phoenix last win was May 28th against Hartford, and that includes a loss to Loudoun United. And it includes a oh. loss to Vegas, and we lost to him twice. Yes, we lost one. Riddle, we got, riddle, not only lost, this, please, riddle, we had this. a negative five goal difference you, against them. You, you look at our okay, fourteen goals, just five against. Right, that wasn't a sound effect. Or <laughs> like uh, we had fourteen goals conceded, five against Phoenix all year. Five of those fourteen are against Phoenix. Yeah, so remember we weren't we weren't one hundred percent. The first game. match in, in in San Antonio, we, you know, we were out our, our forwards and we didn't have all the the ammo we sure, have now. Sure. But the, the match against put, Phoenix. We had so many opportunities, and and we just we couldn't hit the broadside of a barn on that game using using a baseball term uh, for Royce there. It, it just it was, dude. You know they could have had an open net, and you know you know they would have done, um, uh, you know they would have kicked at the section one eighteen. They would hit the crossbar <laughs> over and over. So the final topic that I had tonight. It's the summer friendly series, or, or what I call the cash uh, cash grab. Um, some fun sites, uh, some fun games. Um, I don't really watch or pay attention to them too much. Uh, any thoughts on, on anything with you know with the European teams over here, stateside, and you know uh, they've been entertaining for what I've watched a little bit. But I know we've had some Man City fans that traveled over to Houston to watch them play. It was what Club America, I believe. America. And then uh, a couple of them went up at, you know, and experienced Green Bay, which to be honest with you, that did look like a pretty cool um, experience along those lines. But uh, any thoughts on uh, uh, the the summer, uh, you know, the, the Euro European teams coming to the United States for, you know, for summer vacation? It's just, it's just, they're just selling their brand. That's yeah. what it is, you know, selling, you know, and, and also to look at what their signees, we'll see how, where they're at. You know, that's just basically it. You know, how much yeah. how much money you can grab. I know me and Scott went to one a couple yeah. years ago with Real Madrid and Bar Munich. So I mean the cool part is we got to see the practice so nice. uh, the day after. But like I said, it's it, it is a cash grab because I saw some of the ticket prices and like uh, uh, but like I said it, I guess people are willing to pay that instead of going all the way to Europe to go watch some of those games. Yeah. 
So it's an opportunity for them. It's a cash grab. It's marketing. It's all of the above. And if you ask Minnesota United, it's like they they're on top of the world now. <laughs> they beat that team four zero. They're like talking about it over and over. Well, like, what uh, Charlotte beat court? Charlotte beat it's, Chelsea, I think, in PKs. Uh, I think it was. It is like um, a glorified vacation some, for those guys. <laughs> those guys are some, from Europe. <clears throat> saw some teams getting blown out six seven to nothing. I think Inter Miami lost uh, to somebody. You know. Mm-hmm. Along those lines, so I mean, you also have teams going to, to Asia. I know, like Liverpool was over there in Thailand, and so and you know, the, it's basically it's just, like I said, it's just a cash grab, but to market their team, so sell, sell those nice new jerseys. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it. To be fair, it's the same thing. Whenever um, Cardiff City came and played in San Antonio, so, I mean, it is what it is. But the hope is that the team beats the domestic team over here and not lose for nothing to Minnesota United. So uh, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Oh, buddy. Uh, and, to, and to go back to circle around real quick, um, we outshot Phoenix in the game. We lost in Phoenix three to nothing, 25 to 23. They had nine shots on target. We had seven, but those 25 and seven, a lot of those came before Phoenix scored their first goals. Yeah, we just, just threw away our chances. That was a frustrating game. But to me, you know, for SAFC, the big matches are against the loyal coming up. Uh, they are a team that is deep. They are a yeah. team that is quality, just like San Antonio. Uh, I don't, you know, I'd rather piss on. They're, they're the team I dislike the most. Part of it's Landon Donovan. I'm not a Landon Donovan fan. I know he was a great U.S. men's national team. I was Dempsey all the way, 110%. You know, so... Um, to me, the loyal, like I said here, that, that's the team that I hope we just destroy. And I hate, yeah, I don't know if you've ever watched a loyal match. I hate their TV production and, and it's nothing against them. It's just the stadium that they're in. I get that, but yeah, that, that, that's the team, um, that I personally would love to just, just beat to heck, but, uh, <laughs> you're talking about the guy that gets like obnoxiously loud for no reason. <laughs> he starts screaming. <laughs> I watched it. And I was like, why is he yelling? <laughs> It takes it back to the midfield. He passes the delivery. Yeah, it's just like, not good audio. Sounds like he's always way too close to his microphone when he gets excited for no reason. Yeah, exactly. So, turn it down. We're at a reasonable time at an hour and two minutes here. So, let's uh, move into uh, final thoughts uh, for that here. Uh, we'll start with you, uh, Robert. Well, well, two things like, uh, Rafa mentioned something earlier about respect by other teams. What I caught in the, uh, El Paso broadcast is like, uh, a young lady that's, uh, the, uh, not Duke, but the other guy, the other young lady, she said, uh, she was afraid of, uh, San Antonio getting a goal. And as soon as we got our goal, it almost seemed like, like, like she respected the fact that, oh God, this is the one goal. And then now we're behind the eight ball. So to me, that, that's green respect. I heard what you said, and it's like that 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 struck a chord with me when I heard that. And the second thing is in that game, Maloney, all over the place, working hard, hustling, doing everything that just maybe not doesn't show up in the, the, the stat sheet, but he he literally was my man on match. The, he he his work rate. I know they always talk about the high motor guys, but high motor is one thing. And then there was times when he was like uh, putting on an offensive display. And they, they were even mentioning, oh, he was Penn State's like offensive player of the year in the big, you know, the Big Ten or whatever. It just shows he can do a little bit of everything. And to me, that was impressive. And the last thing was the lineup change. Manly in the back, 
Tanner and Wyatt, I was like, wow, what's going on? Are they expecting him to, it, it was, uh, it just shows that Marcina knows what he's doing. And uh, like I said, I, I trust him. Uh, Rafa, let, let's hear the fishing stories from you. Um, <laughs> is it really photoshopped or, you know, um, you know did you actually catch it? <laughs> it, 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 was a, it was a pickle trout that I caught there. At yeah, you go, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I had fun there. It was a good relaxing time. But my final thought is, it has to do more with the media side. Um, I know with, uh, I got a little flag with some of the comment, the little tweet and so forth. But you know, but kudos to like I said, my SA for you know covering, but also even Case has been covering, um, you know, SAFC. I wish the other you know the other stations, you know, would you know cover SAFC because they right now is a, you know, you know you don't want to. I don't say oh well, they're jumping the bandwagon, but you know this team has earned especially the last few years has earned, you know, the coverage. And, and if we're going to build soccer here, if we want to be better than the town up, up, up 35, you know, our, our media has got to really embrace our team and we got to, and they need to showcase them a lot more. And we're hoping that, you know, you know, we keep on winning, keep on doing this and hopefully we get the title. Hopefully that'll open the door to get more coverage and so forth. And hopefully even in Landis, you know, like with the Athenians having their success, because I did see KSAT did cover the Athenians. So, mm, sure. I mean, hopefully that'll lead to bringing an actual pro, a uh, first division pro team for women, because I think sure. they can it can work well here, Absolutely. here in San Antonio. So that's my final thought. Royce, your final thought? I was going to say, um, I mean, we, we talk about Maloney, obviously, I mean, not taking anything away from Maloney, but it's it could be the same thing can be said about Fabian Garcia. Same thing can be said about Mitch Tainer. The same thing can be said about PC. Same thing can be said about Abu. This team's just incredible, man. But it's the individual pieces that make it incredible, and each individual piece is incredible. It's great. And um, my final thought: I love my family. They're the best. They're the greatest. Second to none. They're all in this room right now with me. You just can't see them. So have <laughs> a good time. So my final thought, I got two of them. One, it's to me, at least once, especially if it's on a weekend, uh, make the trip to El Paso. Um, if you stay at the Doubletree or the Marriott downtown, it's walking distance to, um, you know, to the stadium. Um, Eighth Notch does a good, uh, great job hosting at B-17s. Uh, you know, it's an oyster bar, decent food, beers, beers were good, you know, live entertainment. Uh, you know, fun, you know, fun banter along those lines here. Um, but it's also got the art district right there. So if you go up there for the day and, and I know Rafa can kind of chime in a little bit more, you can make a family event on, on this here to where, you know, you leave Friday night, you know, get in early, you know, you know, late, late, uh, late, late Friday, um, get up Saturday, be able to walk everywhere, you know, down and experience a little bit of downtown El Paso, um, along those lines that, you know, the, the stadium, you know, it, the stadium's not bad. It had the baseball nets, which which suck. Um, but AJ's been both to, to New Mexico and to El Paso, and, and he thought the El Paso stadium setup was just way better than, than New Mexico. So um, as I know we talk about, you know, hey, it's a rivalry. It is a Texas city. Um, I know it's eight hours away, a um, couple hours on flight. But to me, if, if you are going to do an away match, if you can, um outside of rgv that is one where uh i think you know would be well worth it yeah, at least one time just you know you can do the culture and stuff like that my second one there 
Um, I know we highlight this quite a bit, uh, the Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. Um, it's now just 988, so a real easy number, to, you know, if, if you have any, uh, need any assistance, questions, anything along those lines here, it's, you know, it's a simple three-digit number, 988. So, uh, you know, if you ever have any any questions or need anybody to talk to, uh, reach out to, you know, you call that number, you know, where you can get professionals or if you need, you know, if, if you don't feel comfortable and you just need somebody to talk to, obviously I would be available um, and I think any of us would, you know, would, would reach out uh, for you guys. But uh, just keep in mind with that. Anything else, guys? Uh, Rafa, did you want to chime in on El Paso? I know you're a little bit more familiar with it than I am. But, uh, uh, you know, just I know you you helped, edu- you know, walked me around uh, the first time we went a couple of years ago. Yeah, we, we get to find that taco place where they have decent tacos. Not as good as ours, but, you know, just make <laughs> sure don't go, to, don't go to Chico's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, yeah, uh, but yeah, there's some things to do there. Um, there's also like the Fran- Franklin Mountain Park. You can walk, look around the Franklin Mountains. You like cruising around. You can actually drive through the mountain. You can park there. You can see the whole Chihuahuan Desert. You can see Juarez. Um, so it's there's some good things. But you can go around there. Um, the outlet. They have an outlet there, so you can go there. So there are some fun things. And then Wine Sands is not too far away. I think it's like a 45 minute drive. So you can go experience that as well. You know what the best part of El Paso is, though. I mean, I mean, bar none uh, is uh, walk away with three points in the Copa Teos Trophy. Yeah, I ten getting out of there, jumping on I ten. <laughs> that's the best part. Yeah, of El Paso. yeah. going to in the casino. <laughs> so, but but seriously, I had a great time in El Paso, and, and like I said here. Um, would encourage any San Antonio FC fans to make the trip over. Eighth Notch will take care of you. Um, seriously, Loco will. You know, thank you to, to Christian uh, for meeting with me uh, afterwards. Um, do have to give a huge shout out to Dan Bond as well, who runs Protagonist Soccer. Um, and uh, you know, I met up with him. Uh, did you know that Whole Foods has an has a bar there? I didn't know Whole Foods had an actual bar, but yeah, we went. He's like. Meet me at Whole Foods, we'll, and you know we'll go. So I'm like, okay, we're going to go to a yeah. juice bar. No, every, it's an actual. Every Whole Foods has a bar. Yeah, that's a. Yeah, I didn't know that. Culture yourself. Is not the watch party. If it's not H, if it's not HEB or Walmart, you know, maybe oh, yeah. Central Market every once in a while. Harry brand loyalty, brand loyalty Austin over here. <laughs> <laughs> so, maybe hopefully next year they'll take have a bus to go out there. Not even cool to take a bus out there. For the bunch of SAC fans, yeah, right. And also, if you got two dollars, uh, now would be a, a, a wise time uh, to uh, invest in the uh, was it the mega the mega millions? I believe it is. Oh, so. yeah. Is that tonight or tomorrow? Tomorrow night, I think yeah. they're on Tuesday. So, if, if you got a couple of bucks to uh, throw to the you know, you know, th- throw away, uh, it could pay off. Uh, I can buy a stadium for the team. Yeah, no, no. I'll be an I'll be an investor. I'll make a bid real quick. Rafa, you'd be the goalkeeper coach. <laughs> no, I'll keep it the same. I just would be the owner. <laughs> uh, but thank you for everybody for tuning in. Um, uh, let me see here, Matt. Thank you for the uh, you thing there. And yes, we can't wait till Saturday. Um, Robert, Rafa, Royce, uh, the three R's, like said, are awesome to. Um, have a great show with you. I should change uh, use my middle name Raymond uh, for the show, and then would be there the four go. hours uh, for that here. Um, uh, awesome! Wow! Awesome. Wow! Oh, go ahead. 
No, I I didn't know your middle name was an R. Where the where the four yes. R. No, we 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 need to do this rebrand already. Like yes, I, awesome. I, we, and I, we got to do it quicker than we think because yeah. what was it August sixth, August eighth, somewhere college soccer kicks off. I know UTSA has a yep. exhibition against uh, Texas State. That'll be a rivalry game. Team up in San Marcos. Uh, I don't mention them. You know, you know for that here. Um, but then they also have a was it Baylor comes to town? August the 14th, Baylor comes to town. So that should be a good one. So, so if you go to Ebony, have a chance to go to Park West, which is off of I 10, and I 10, I mean, off of 1604 between I 10 and Bendera. Great, great facility. You know, always, and also UTSA always has a good job, you know, having, you know, having us hosting the soccer games there too. But also shout out to the other club, other teams like AN in San Antonio, Trinity, St. Oh. Mary's. And then, like I said, well, our Lady of the Lake, St. Mary, you know, just to name a few. So check out their games, too. They're going to be starting up this first week of August. And me and Rafa, and we might see if we can recruit somebody else to kind of maybe do a little bit more college-focused show um, in regards to it with all the local uh, men's and women's college teams coming up. And some of, we've, we've started seeing some of the schedules coming out. So be on the lookout. Royce, you're not wrong. We need to start working on the rebrands like now. Um <laughs> For that here, so uh, please get on it, uh, <laughs> Robert. Well, Robert's creative. Uh, need to get Robert, uh, maybe you know, may, maybe making us some logos and stuff uh, for the different shows, and then we can impl implement them. But uh, was a pleasure, everybody. Uh, hour and fifteen minutes, a little bit less than that. So nice, timely show. Uh, I know Royce would like us to get it under an hour. You know, forty-five minutes so uh, would be getting there. So I don't know. I don't know if you've noticed. I could talk all day. It's it's my life. <laughs> <laughs> So, but, but what's life without goals we're out of here we'll see you maybe later on this week uh with a recap of the vegas match but if not uh probably maybe sunday or monday next week appreciate it what's life without goals. see you